It is my favorite Sunday because my first memory of church is vacation Bible school. I don't know if it's because of that that day in 1979 when the preacher Randy Lyons called my name and I got to come up on the little stage in front of all of my friends and receive the Bible. Now why was it the Bible? Because it was the Bible that you got if you brought the most people. (laughs) I wasn't so much thrilled to be receiving the Word of God as I was to be crowned victorious. Because the challenge had been laid down a month before. That for all of us coming to Vacation Bible School, our job was to fill up our cars and to fill up our vans and to fill up the back of pickup trucks because we could do that then. And we were to come to Vacation Bible School and whoever brought the most would receive the Bible. And I don't know who all I brought that year. I'm not even for sure if I knew all the people that I brought that year. Uh, But... I wanted to make sure that, that I was victorious because, guess what, beyond just, just being recognized as bringing the most people, Vacation Bible School was cool. It was fun. It was where I first learned that I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Some of you didn't go to Vacation Bible School because you don't know where the joy is, I can tell. But I learned that it's there. It's down in my heart. And it was there where I remember singing for the first time, Oh, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. And then we would all shout. See, a lot of you guys should have gone to Vacation Bible School. You would know these things. And there was an excitement because you got Kool-Aid. And you got those little cookies that you could put on your finger. Yeah, you remember those? And you walked around with your rings on and and you'd be so cool walking up to the ladies, you know, and hello. (laughs) May I offer you a cookie? (laughs) Oh, it was great. Vacation Bible school was so much fun. And I, this is not just a preacher story. I am telling the truth when I say that my first memory of church is vacation Bible school. Now, I don't know if I look like my son did here a few years back. But look at the excitement on that kid's face right there. Look at Gracie and that big smile that she's got. Man, Bible school for the kiddos, I mean, it's like Christmas in July. Because there's so much excitement and there's so much fun. Because you know what? They can be kids and nobody is telling them, stop acting like a kid. Because it's their time. And it's their place. Can you imagine that people would ever tell children to be quiet? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that there would ever be a place where you would tell children, you know what, you're being too loud? Hmm? Can you imagine there would ever be a time where you would say, you know what, kids, you're just getting too excited. Well, let me tell you, it happened one day at temple with Jesus. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, Jesus has had what is called throughout history as the triumphal entry. 
He is coming into Jerusalem. In just a few short days, he will be killed. He comes riding in and the people begin to line the pathways of the streets and they lay down palm branches and they begin to shout the words of the great Hallel Psalms talking about how that the Messiah is coming, the kingdom is at hand and there is a greatness that is about to be displayed. And with all the people who are shouting and with all the people who were cheering, some of the religious leaders at the time not liking what was taking place because they recognized the threat that Jesus was to their power, looked at Jesus and said, you need to tell all of these followers to be quiet. And Jesus says, if I tell them to be quiet, then the very rocks around them will cry out. We've looked at this passage before and I have, I've told you that, that I keep a rock in my pocket. I keep a rock in my pocket to, to remind me that it is my job to, to shout praise to God. And I never want to hear any, any noise coming from my pocket. I never want to hear this rock begin to cry out because of a time that, that I have failed to give God praise. But as Jesus continued into the city, he goes into the temple complex. He goes in and he asserts his authority as he turns over the table of the money changers who had been disgracing the court of the Gentiles where those who were, were not of Hebrew descent could come into the temple to, to draw near to God. And there in the temple complex, he begins to, he begins to heal people. Because news had spread that Jesus was in town and so the sick and the lame were all brought to him. And he healed them. And in Matthew 21 and verse 15, it says that when the chief priest and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, they were astounded. The, the word there where it says wonderful things, it's a word that means to have your jaw drop to the ground. You can't explain it. You can't answer it. There is no reason for the thing that has happened. It is a wondrous event. And when they saw what Jesus was doing, and when they heard the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. When they saw what Jesus was doing and when they saw the effect it was having on the kids, they were filled with anger. They were saddened at their core because they could not believe that even the children were getting caught up in all of the emotion and in all of the excitement of this rabbi from Nazareth. And so in verse 16, they ask him, do you hear what the children are saying? I understand what, what they're doing. 
They're, they're asking him, do you understand the effect that you're having on the kids? Look at the way that you're leading them astray. Look, look at how they are getting all wrapped up in this. Have you no shame, man? That you're allowing these kids to refer to you in a way that is only reserved for the Messiah of God. Do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus replied, I hear them. He says, have you never read from the lips of children and infants, Lord? Have you called forth your praise? Jesus reaches back in the Hebrew scriptures and he pulls a passage to remind them that the children are filled with the praise of God. He says, look, I hear what they're saying. And you want to know why they're doing that? Let me remind you of something. That the Lord calls forth praise from children and infants just in moments like this when the Messiah has been realized and when they understand that it's real. Now, I read this passage this week thinking about Vacation Bible School and a couple of things came to mind I want to share with you just quick. Here's the first thing. Guys, we have to expose our children to the wonders of God. We have to expose our children to the wonders of God. We have to, we have to get them outside in the world today, off the screens and, and out of the bedrooms and the playrooms and get them out into the creation that God put his very fingerprints on and allow them to be able to see the wondrous beauty. And to talk about it in those terms. And to see things that we, we, we can't always put our finger on and know why things are going on, but to hear us as their parents and grandparents talk about, well, that's just a wonder of God. That's just something that really can't be explained. But you know what? I'm going to lean into God on this one. One of the reasons that we even offer Vacation Bible School is because that we want to have a few days where we just focus on the kids talking about the wonders of God. The wonders of God and the might of God and the power of God. And so we share stories about his miracles and we share stories about his resurrection and we share stories about the creation. Why? Because we want our children to be exposed to the very wonders of God that end up bringing faith in God. And so we encourage you moms and dads to, sure, Bring your kids to Vacation Bible School and have them be a part of our children's ministry. But more than anything else, in your own homes, talk about the wonders of God. Expose your children to the mighty things that God is doing in your life, in the life of those who are around you. And then when you expose the children to the wonders of God, encourage them to express their God-given praise. You see, when the kids there in the temple, when they saw the different things that were going on, when they heard their, their parents as they were praising this man Jesus, and as they witnessed individuals being healed who were sick and lame, their response, Jesus says, was to express a God-given praise. And isn't that what we want from our children? 
That as they grow and as they mature, as they come to a faith in who Jesus is, as they begin to understand more about the wonders of God, that a natural praise will begin to build up within them from God himself because you have been in the presence of Jesus. You have heard the story. You have experienced the salvation perhaps in your own life. And because of that, then praise comes through. And far be it from us from ever to tell the children, tamp down your praise. Far be it from us to ever be like the scribes, the Pharisees, the chief priests who say, Jesus, do you hear the children? Because he does. And he says, it's praise from the Lord. So encourage your children to express their God-given praise. Encourage them to be individuals who talk about God on a regular basis who express the goodness of God, where it is a natural thing to talk about God within your home and and even then within relationships that they have. The idea of expressing praise is not just reserved for this campus and for times such as this, but that we need our children to feel as if, you know what, it is a natural, normal thing to express praise to God. And look around at the world and think that everyone else is abnormal when they do not do that. But here's the deal. Our children are watching our response to grace. Do you know that? Our children, our grandchildren are watching our response to grace. And guys, let me tell you something. Another reason that um, today is a special day for my family, it is, it's eight years that I've been able to um, uh, be blessed to be the minister here at East Brainerd. And the worst thing I could do in my mind as your preacher is to somehow make the story of the grace of God boring for the next generation. that's how I look at my role here. I have my eye on the next generation that is coming up. And the worst thing I could do is to make that story somehow boring. And the worst thing that you could do is make, make it look as if following Jesus somehow, somehow was boring. I mean, what could make the greatest story boring? And, and, and what if you were to hear someone say, you know what? It's wrong not to be boring. I mean, it seems like it would just be a natural response whenever you're talking about the the goodness and the graciousness of God for there to be passion and for there to be excitement. All right, here, let me show you. Let me set up a scenario for you, all right? I'm going to set up a scenario, and I just want you then, I just want you to do what is natural. Basketball game. Your team. Who's your basketball team? Go ahead, just name it out. Who's your basketball team? Say it. All right, we've only got like three basketball fans here, but I got a Golden State right here. All right? It's your basketball team. It is the championship game. Your team, down by two. Your team doesn't have the ball. There's a timeout. The other team has the ball. They're going to inbound the ball. Man takes the ball, throws it in to one of his teammates. He catches the ball. One of your, someone from your team 
knocks the ball away, bounces one time, time is ticking, two, another member of your team catches the ball. He throws it down court where a guy is standing just outside the three-point line. One. He catches it. The other team, swarming him, jumps into the air. He lets it go. No time on the clock. It hits the backboard. It hits the rim. It falls in. And you go... Now, it would have been really weird if you'd have said, well, that's just lovely. <laughs> well, that, that, that's, just, that's just lovely. You know, it, it could be football. It could even be t-ball. I've seen some of you granddads. I mean, you're going, woo, run, Timmy, run. And your wife's saying, we're not keeping score. You're like, I don't care. Run, Timmy, run. And you just get all excited and it just starts coming out of you. And it's not over emotional. You know what that is? It's normal. It's natural. Because you're excited. And the worst thing I could do is to make the story of God be boring. So that someone were to walk in to this room and to see someone up here or go into a classroom and find someone who lacks passion and who lacks excitement. Let me tell you, if that's the case, then I might as well just email my sermon to all of you. And those of you who are Bible class teachers, just email your lessons out. Because the words might be good, but if there's no passion and if there's no emotion behind it, then there's people going, then why should I care? Why should I care? Great atheist of his day was walking toward the tent of the evangelist Whitfield, who was known for his passion deliverance of Scripture. Someone saw him and said, Sir, you don't believe in God. Why are you coming? He says, I am here because Whitfield believes in God and I want to see him. I want to see him. Guys, if we believe that there is such thing as sin and if we believe that there is salvation through Jesus Christ,
stinking three-pointer. It's better. And so we should be people that are, woo We get to go to Bible school. woo We get to go to worship today. woo We get to get up and have breakfast. woo I'm a child of God. Over and over. I love graduations. I love graduations because they always say, will you please hold your applause to the end? <laughs> and the thing is, there's about a hundred parents out there that are getting ready to get a raise. All right? They're about to get a raise because they got kids that are, that are, that are leaving. And so they're like, will you please hold your applause to the end? And then they announce like, you know, Sally Franklin. And way up there in the back, there's somebody going, woo We're going on a trip next. I was raised in a non-woohoo family. My church didn't woohoo. My father was a non-woohooite. My mother was a non-woohooite. That's okay. That's all right. It's all right because, you see, I think woohooing is a natural response to God's grace. And the children, according to Jesus, were not woohooing because they were natural woohooers. Jesus said, It is from the lips of children and infants that the Lord brings praise. Where does the praise come from? It doesn't come because you're an extrovert, or it doesn't become because you're one of those touchy feely individuals. The praise and the woohooing comes from God. It's the natural response to grace. I remember last week that Dr. Hayes came up and he prayed here for the safety of those young boys in Thailand, the soccer team, right? And then how many of you, you got alerts on your phone later in that week that all of the soccer team had been rescued. And, and the phone, it just lit up. Boom, 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 boom. All these alerts. And you know what? The natural response was around the world. Woo! Because individuals who you thought were dead are now found to be what? Alive. And guess what? Every single, single time. Every single time we present the message of the good news of God's grace, we are telling people that, guess what? You might be lost now, but you can be found. You might be dead in sin now, but you can be raised to life. And there is this praise that begins to rise up within us, especially if we are one of those who are sitting there and it's our children that we want to make that response, right? Right? You've been places before. Maybe this was your church experience. You grew up and there was an, an invitation song of some type and, and everybody kind of began singing and just kind of going through the words and, and somebody began to, to walk down the aisle. And then you kind of begin to look and it's like, oh no, I wonder what happened. I wonder what's going to be said. 
I wonder what he did. I don't know what she's struggling with. Right? You've been in situations like that. Maybe you've had those feelings before. But let me change it just for a moment. What if the person that is coming walking down that aisle, what if it's your child, what if it's your grandchild who has been away from the Lord, who has been absent from church, who has said, I really don't understand this whole thing about God. And then you turn around and they're edging their way out of the pew. They're getting out of the seat. And they're the ones that are walking down the aisle. What is your response going to be? Now you might have tears, but those tears you're going to be going, Woo! They're coming home. They're coming home. And every time someone comes and asks for the prayers of this congregation, every time someone comes and is baptized into Christ, that's somebody's son, that's somebody's granddaughter, that's somebody's family member, and that is someone who is a child of God himself. And in the presence of God, there's a lot of woohooing going on. And friends, our kids are watching our response to grace. And they're trying to decide, and they're going to give you a minute, maybe. And they're going to go on the website for a minute, maybe. And they're going to see... Is this something that I should dedicate my life to? Because if you are more excited about a three-pointer than you are about salvation in God, then they're going to say, forget it. Forget it. Let me show you a picture of somebody. You probably recognize the Roddenberries, and that's Cannon that's there in the middle of them. Cannon's a young man who been living with the Roddenberries recently up until their move to, to Searcy, and now Cannon is living with the Browns. Cannon has been a part of our church family here, and I know many in the youth group have, have met him, and some others here have also. Let me show you what happened a few weeks ago. Guys, make sure the, make sure the volume's turned on for this video. Just go to the next slide. We have a problem there at the end? Trying to see if I get a thumbs up or not. I get a, I'm getting a no. All right, let me tell you what's going, what's going to be there. Just a few weeks back, Cannon was baptized into Christ. Okay, that's a woohoo moment, by the way. Thank you. Um, and in that video, what you would hear? Oh, okay. And in front of the people that we've got, I'm gonna baptize you, and I'm gonna follow the Son and the Holy Spirit. Did you hear her at the end? Okay. She, she was watching and she was listening. And what she learned from that was that the response 
when someone goes from death unto life, it's woohoo! Now, I don't know if she's going to remember that moment when, when Cannon was baptized or not, but I know Cannon's going to remember that moment. And guys, our kids are watching and they're learning from us about the excitement that we should have and about the way in which we should celebrate. And let me tell you something, woohooing should be a way of life. Woohooing should be a way of life in that we are constantly celebrating the relationship that we have with God. And people should know who we are because of the joy that we have in our hearts. It should be seen in the workplace and in the schoolroom. It should be seen in the conversations that we have and the way that we express our praise when we just can't contain the fact that I have been saved by the grace of God. Bible school is my favorite Sunday because it reminds me, it reminds me of the person that I'm supposed to be. It reminds me of the person that I'm supposed to be. And I want to be like those kids again. I want to be like those kids with that excitement and with that just over the top emotion and joy, not because I'm an extrovert, not because it's the cool thing to do, but because I am a child of God. And the praise is overflowing out of me. So, I invite you to Bible school. Not just over the next few days, But I invite you to Bible school for the next week and the next month and the next year. I invite you to become a child again and allow the praise of God to flow out of you. We're going to sing a song of praise to encourage one another. And maybe you need to come this morning. Maybe you need to come saying, you know what, I need to praise more. Maybe you need to come because you want to be baptized into Christ. Let me tell you, we'll lower this right down and we will baptize you and we'll woohoo all with you. All right? Whatever your need, we want you to be able to come. Thank you for eight great years. Let's continue to woohoo as together we stand and sing.